Hey guys, this is your host, Jordan Halstead, and welcome to another fantastic, spectacular, amazing episode of Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead. Today, I've got Scott and Micah with me. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man in this episode. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Oh, don't sound... Oh my gosh. <laughs> Get that out of here. Oh. No, we, we have been having a lot of fun in our warm-ups and, and whatnot, and so getting a lot of, lot of laughs and giggles out. Um, so as we, we start to dive into this topic, what was your first introduction to Spider-Man? I think for me, Spider-Man, my first introduction would have to be the Spider-Man game on the Atari 2600. Way to date yourself on that. Nice. I know. The gray in my beard doesn't give that away well, but, he, you know, but he was born in the 80s yeah, i was, was born in the 80s not the Michael 70s like born I, I one time made, the one time i said hey you were born in the 70s right like, heck no nope so so it was atari it was now, atari and it, the game sucked but I, that's how i remember spider-man okay micah what about you uh it was probably the cartoons in the 90s or there was a, a similar game Probably not the same game, but like there was a different game, obviously, for the Super Nintendo console that I used to play a lot. And um, I just remember was it Maximum Carnage. No, I think it was just Spider Man. I think it was just called Spider Man. And um, mm-hmm. I, all I remember, and this is like, you know, 20 years ago, but the uh, you, the way that you beat it was that you would just go through and you would literally beat all of the different villains of Spider Man. And, you know, we really haven't talked a lot about that, but like he Spider-Man by himself has so many different villains, you know, from Doc Ock to Green oh, Goblin yeah. to Hobgoblin to to Venom to, you know, all the there's just a crazy amount of uh, villains that, you know, comes Spider-Man's way. So I just remember playing that game. I remember being a super difficult game, too, for, mm-hmm. you know, seven or eight year old me on a Super Nintendo console. But I also remember the the animated cartoon series from the 90s, which when does X-Men 97 come out? Uh, it'll be later this year. Yeah. So later yeah, I'm looking forward year? to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, my dad was a huge Spider-Man fan. I remember growing up with uh Spider-Man on TV with the the cartoon from was it Fox Kids? Was that where mm-hmm. it where it was airing? Um, yeah. alongside with the the nineties X-Men series, which the X-Men ninety seven will be airing later this year. We're really excited about I would love to see that Spider-Man kind of cross over. Um, just to give some some homage to it, just kind of just give a little love. I think one of the the biggest memories I have with with early introduction to Spider Man was Tobey Maguire's two thousand was it two thousand and two appearance? Was that when it first the first one? The first one was in two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. Two thousand. Second one was uh, two thousand two, and the third one was two thousand seven. Actually, actually, no. The first one would have been. Would have been 2002. I thought it was 2002, because, 2004, 2007. You're right. I'm so opening, sorry. Because, well, because that's the thing. The big thing was the, the opening trailer was Spider-Man catching a helicopter between the Twin Towers. Oh. And then they had to get rid of they that. They had to edit that out. They had yeah. to edit that out because of 9-11 happened. So 2002, 2002, 4, and 7 was when the first yeah. 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 So I remember my dad was so excited because that was the same time frame where we were we were living in Alliance, Ohio, and we would go to Mount Union. They had a, a movie theater. It was a, it was a college in, in Alliance, and they had this theater that they ran, and my dad would be like, hey, we're going to go see Spider-Man. We're going to go see the X-Men. We're going to go see uh, Phantom Menace. We're going to go see Attack of the Clones. Like, all these movies that came out in that time frame that we lived there, he was like, hey, we're, we're going to go see these. So I remember getting, like, popcorn buckets with Spider-Man on it. I remember seeing Green Goblin come onto the screen and – and like very menacing. I, I remember those moments, but I remember a lot of my dad always like, Hey, if you're a superhero, you're going to be Spider-Man. And like, we had uh, costumes that we would dress up at for Halloween. And we were like homemade costumes too. They were really cool. Um, from, from older people in the church that it was like second, third generation, hammy town, things like that, um, for Halloween costumes. And like, I had a Spider-Man costume and I, I absolutely loved that kind of stuff. And Spider-Man was was one of my first favorite heroes. And I remember watching all the movies, uh, getting really excited as like the new iterations came out because we had the Sam Rammies, we had the Mark Webbs, now we have the uh, the Tom Holland series, which has been fantastic. 
um, and, and the inclusion in the MCU and, and where they're going with it. I'm really excited, but that's kind of where I was introduced. So I'm going to ask this question because I feel like there might be a little bit of debate here. Who's your favorite Spider-Man portrayal um, from the live actions? Scott, let's, let's start with you. Oh, of the live actions, Spider-Man from the live actions. Um, I I liked, I think for me, I like Andrew Garfield. I really liked how he portrayed Spider-Man, especially just kind of the, I feel like Tobey Maguire kind of did a good job with kind of getting that, like that kind of like that snarkiness and kind of that sense of like that attitude. But I felt like Andrew Garfield Garfield just kind of like really adapted it. And even just him playing Spider-Man, you know, kind of took me back to those 90 Spider-Man things. It just kind of was very reminiscent of that. What about you, Micah? Um, It's, it's quite a toss up for me between probably Tom Holland and uh, Tobey Maguire. Um, before we start recording, I mentioned that my wife and I uh, went through recently and watched the Tobey Maguire trilogy, and she had never seen the third one. So I was like, you know what? Why don't we just watch them again? It's been a while since we've seen them, um, and you know, the third one's hot garbage. But and there's not there's not a lot of resolution to it, right? There uh, there isn't, right? We can get into that conversation. I, no, but, I, this is a whole literal podcast in and of itself on that third movie of just, yeah. just talking about it, but just the way you open up, it was hot garbage. It was, it was hot <laughs> garbage. And so, um, you know, I, it was promising, right? You get about 15 minutes into the movie and you're like, oh, this is really good. And you got, you know, Harry's mad at, at you know, at Peter and, you know, they get into this whole thing and like that whole fight between him and, and, and Cobgoblin, you know, and that whole conversation about them not even being able to call him that. Uh, as a whole separate conversation is uh, he was never the hobgoblin i know but like the, in the title of the the credits they they don't call him hobgoblin they don't they that i looked at it the other day and it's like i think it was like the new goblin it yeah he's not. supposed to be green goblin too right so there was a lot of controversy in who he actually was what they were allowed to call him and then what they end up calling him you know in the third movie in the credits, right? So gotcha. okay. it's a whole another conversation. But you asked my favorite Spider-Man, and I think it depends on the day, really, right? Like some days I'm I'm team Toby McGuire, and then other days I'm team Tom Holland. And then a couple of weeks ago I watched Spider-Man Homecoming and I was like, man, this movie is just amazing. No well, pun we intended. Were, it was I yeah, I think it was like right around the same time that I was picking up some some comic books where I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to start my run on the, the original Spider-Man from the 90 or from the 1960s. Um, and you were like, Hey, I'm literally re or I'm literally sitting here watching Spider-Man homecoming. Um, and we, we were talking about some of that, that I think I, just taking it a step further. I think to take that, that conversation, if the Holland movies were not inundated in the MCU, I think I would pick Tobey Maguire all day. And okay. I like the Toby, uh, I'm sorry, I, I like the the Tom Holland ones because they're inundated in the MCU. And the reason I say that is that the other day when I, you know, we were talking about it, um, something that I appreciate so much about Homecoming is how they tie it into the tail end of what happened post the Avengers slash Captain America Civil War and how yeah. they kind of pick up towards the end to set up the infinity war movie slash they're building this new Avengers compound in the upstate of New York. So like there's all these little pieces that are being smashed into the, you know, the Spider-Man homecoming movie. And without that Spider-Man homecoming movie, there's not a lot of stuff. There's not a lot of story that's being, uh, that you're going to know about without that movie. And I didn't know that. Well, I, I think I've seen homecoming. I want to say two or three times. And so like, a couple of weeks ago when I was watching this, I was like, wow, there's a lot of meat in here into the, into the, the greater story of what the MCU is. Now they do that really well, as well as tell the story of who Peter Parker is a young Peter Parker, the Spider-Man story. And then, you know, build upon that with far from home and then no way home, obviously. But um, back to my premise, I think if it wasn't, if it wasn't connected to the MCU at all, I would probably pick Tobey Maguire, but since it is, I would pick Tom Holland. I don't know if that makes any sense, but like, 
well, based on the circumstances of the movies, yes, Amazing Spider-Man's are Marvel. Yes, the Tobey Maguire, you know, Spider-Man's are Marvel, but they're not in DMCU. Yeah, they're not interconnected to a bigger universe. Until you get to the No Way Home movie. Yeah. Well, even then, they're really not. Right. I mean, they are, but they're not. Like, they show up for a Spider-Verse style film instead of a, like, because neither of them had their Iron Man. Neither of them ever faced off against Cap. Um, none of them had to face like Doctor Doom or or. Galactus. And they never ran like, into Daredevil or other things like that. Yeah, they they, they are were just their, their own, own things. Yeah, yeah, and like Toby, there was there was a really cool way that they could have kind of integrated them and been like, oh hey, these are the characters that are in certain universes, and you could have even said like, hey, the the Sony verse and the uh, or the two different verses like. Andrew Garfield's universe was the same one that Charlie Cox's universe was in. And then, like, make their own references because, like, oh, hey, this is how we're doing it. But they chose not to, which is fine. But those are going to be sole universes that Spider-Man is really the only superhero in that we know of. Uh, For me, my favorite Spider-Man has got to be Tom Holland. I think that Tobey Maguire was an amazing Peter Parker. I think that he just, he nailed the nerd. Um, just that, that whole brainy, the geeky, um, <clears throat> trying to figure out who he is, uh, and, and, and like that coming of age in the first film, um, cementing himself in the second film, having to kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit. And then by the third film, he kind of goes off the deep end, but at the end, there's a little bit of redemption for him. I think that he did really well there. I don't like the way they handle Peter Parker with the amazing Spider-Man series. Uh, I liked the relationship aspect, but he felt very hipster, very specific to 2012-2014. I don't feel like it it resonates today the same way that it did back then. Um, But I think that Andrew Garfield did a much better Spider-Man than he did a Peter Parker. And I think that he did better Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire did as as Spidey. Just the the quips, the the snarkiness. I, I think what Scott had said earlier with the Peter Parker, like Tobey Maguire doing really well with certain pieces, but um, Andrew Garfield did really, really well with just ride, like rolling off the bat with how quippy he was. I mean, when he like in that first film, he's like shooting webs and like at, at the burglars trying to figure out who killed his uncle Ben. Like, I thought that was really cool, but Tom Holland has the best of both worlds. In my opinion, I think it's all comes down to the writing that has been given to this character um, Marvel Studios, being under Disney, has done really, really well with the character, and I think that Tom Holland has the best casting and the best writing for his character. I don't think that there's really anything mm. wrong with it, and it helps when you're in a sandbox world versus like you're just only playing by yourself. Does that make sense? When you, when you're playing with the others, like you've got the Avengers Tower in the background, you've got the the opportunity to go to Avengers Mansion. You've got the capabilities of bringing Iron Man in to help put the boat together. Um, you've got the the capability of having Nick Fury show up or or Doctor Strange come in. Like you you can do that. And and New York is a giant sandbox that you can go play in. So why not use it and and help build a bigger story while still containing yourself within your own story? Well, I think one of the things, and I wanted to ask this from both of you, but do you think that so, like, say you watched Tobey Maguire, those Spider-Mans, then you watch Andrew Garfield, and then you watch Tom Holland, and knowing those three actors, when I when I think about it, I think part of the reason, well, two two of the reasons that made Tom Holland so successful was his look. He looks a lot younger than oh, he is. He does, and the fact that they legit played, they did it with Tobey Maguire, and like they told the story in high school, but they jumped right in the middle of a movie when he graduated from high school and went, you know, right out into the city. Whereas the, the Tom Holland trilogy so far, it's been sophomore, junior, senior year of high school, right? Like well, they told that the story. By the film, he was done. Yes. Yeah. So you like, did a whole trilogy in high school. Do you think that, and, and I think Tobey Maguire, would you agree that Tobey Maguire looks older than what he is? Whereas Tom Holland looks younger than what he is, at least in my opinion, I felt like that going back and rewatching them recently. I thought so. Well, Toby, yeah, but Toby also had a lot more acting experience, and I think that was really hard to see him go from movies like Pleasantville um, into Spider-Man. 
I mean, because look yeah. from a look perspective, like like a aesthetically, he, he yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Scott, what do you think? Uh, well, uh, yeah, like I think I think that's a good question. I mean, I think when you look at um the three actors, I feel like Toby McGuire did play Peter Parker on the older spectrum than Tom Holland did. I think Tom Holland was just the perfect choice, perfect casting for that, where I feel like even Andrew Garfield, even though he was much older, he could also kind of play the younger part. But at that point, you know, I felt like the Amazing Spider-Man films had a good story going forward, but I think they just, there's a lot of other things in there that they botched so much that just kind of never got that third film that we, you know, that Sony was trying to produce. Had they done a third film, who would you have wanted to see as the villain? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to side uh, tangent because we're talking, we're talking Andrew Garfield right now. Well, so. well I mean, cause they, at the end of, at the end, well, of they were amazing, setting up a sinister six. And I think, and I think the Sinister Six would have been great just to see that. I think. But that do you think been... that because they didn't set up enough villains at that point, that it would have been premature? I don't think so. I think. I mean, I think the thing is, is if you can execute it. I mean, well, think about, think about. Um, I mean, think about No Way Home. I mean, how many villains were in that one? Yeah, but we already had attachments to those villains. True. Like those weren't like villains that had never been on screen before. True. But I mean, you also had a lot of stuff with the MCU where they are introducing new villains, new characters. And yet how it's written is each has their own moment to shine. Each has their own story that makes the audience invested into that person. So I think, I mean, I think that if you did a center six in the third one, I think they could pull it off if the writing's good. And, you know, it is Sony producing it so at this point, so it probably would have been so a miss. <laughs> who do you think would have fit well into that? Because it looked like Paul Giamatti's Rhino would have been there. Uh-huh. You would have had Dane DeHaan's uh, Goblin. But those are the only two that we can truly say because the way that No Way Home kind of made it sound was Electro died at the end. When he got when he got absorbed mm-hmm. and all that, uh, lizard is was was cured. Um, what what are your thoughts to that one? Who would you who would you have thrown against him in that universe? Because it was kind of realistic to an extent. I you know what I would have to go back and see who was kind of you know either either someone who was rising that had a lot of clout or even someone who's because even like with Paul Giamatti like. He kind of oh, I'm not even. I'm not even saying well, actors. I'm saying like the villains. What villains would you have liked to have seen be used? Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Because I, I think you know you can go in and be like, oh, I would, I would pick this this actor, which is totally cool and fine. But like, who would you villain wise use for that universe? Because that universe, the. <sighs> We're in this comic book age where everything's kind of realistic to a point, but now we're starting to get more comic book accurate while still having some realism. Well, I they mean, didn't have that. Well, I mean, I think it would have been good, especially again, thinking just confined in the amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. I think it'd be good to have a Mysterio. Oh yeah. But I think, oh. I mean, cause I think that would have been, I think that would have been a really good I think that would have been fantastic. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, as far as who else I would put there, like it's kind of, I mean, I think the way Michael Keaton played Vulture is good. And I think that kind of made me interested in that character. So, you know, go back and do that. I think that would be good. But yeah, like other than that, like I I don't know. Okay. Like who else? No, that's fine. I just, I didn't know if you had like, oh, I really want to see their rendition of Doc Ock show up, or I really want to see the chameleon show up, or. I think for me, I think for me, watching everything that happened in the Tobey Maguire films, I know like with the Spider-Man story, you have to have certain 
characters in there because it's kind of part of like you can't you can't you have to have an Osborne in there you know like yeah. it's kind of like it's like you know you can't have a Superman film film without Lois Lane like it's kind of added to that but I would like to see something that we haven't seen before because I think sometimes it's like well let's do this one and then we have to do this character and it's like you know I don't want to see another Doc Oct I mean if there's I don't want to see another Sandman I don't want to see you know, I don't want to see another vulture, you know, I, I want to see something that's different that kind of is part of the Spider-Man universe, but kind of something different that the audience hasn't seen before to see like, okay, you know, can we, can we do something cool with this? Okay. And I mean, I mean, Electro was a good choice. Oh, I mean, Electro. I, I loved the way they handled Electro both times that they used Jamie Foxx. Yeah, I just didn't like Jamie Foxx being looking like a Smurf. Like that was my only issue. Well, so that that one comes, I believe, from the Ultimate Universe, where which I think they could have toned down the blue a little bit. You um, think? But but the reality is like he's living electricity, and that was that was the idea and, and the point behind it. And I I get it. Um, I have like a Lego version of that character, and I was like, oh, it's. I mean, I get what you're trying to do, but. I liked his when they brought him over to the MCU. I really liked the Max Dillon over there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, to have like the that. have that yellow star made out of electricity, like to have that portion. I was like, oh, that was really cool. Yeah, because like the lizard that. and the Sandman, you can those are not hard to do. Um, you don't have to really change their appearances. Green Goblin, give him a new suit. Doc Ock, his arms are going to be the same. Like you don't really have to do a whole lot there, but Electro definitely needed that upgrade, and and I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Michael, what what are your thoughts to that one? I know you you aren't the hugest uh, Amazing Spider-Man fan, but if they would have done a third one, who would you have liked to see be the villain? Or if you would have said Sinister Six, like who would you have liked to see in that mix? Um, I don't think I would have went Sinister Six route with the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Uh, I do think that. It would have been interesting. I, I'm with Scott, though. I'm like, can we get somebody different? And I think I've shared that in other episodes we talked about with the DC universe about, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to see Joker again right now, right? I don't, I don't want to see like another Batman film for a while. Like, I, it, you just get, you get too repetitive with some of the mainstay. Kind of get burned out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, if they did a third Amazing Spider-Man film, um, I don't know. Go. I pulled up a list of <laughs> top 100 Spider-Man villains. And so I'm like, oh, you know, speaking of the game that I mentioned earlier, like some of these villains were in that game. And I was like, oh, uh, Scorpion. Oh, yeah. Random. Scorpion, right? Uh, Craven the Hunter. Craven the Hunter. Uh, Kingpin. Somehow uh-huh. do Kingpin. Oh. Uh, and tied into the to the, the Daredevil story. Um, Shocker. You can have... Chameleon. Mm-hmm. Carnage, Carnage, yeah. There's another one called Boomerang. I forgot about him. You because Venom because Venom's getting universe. overplayed. Venom's yes. getting overplayed. I'm done with Venom. Yeah, I was well, done with Venom <laughs> after Topher Grace. I was Jackal. done with Venom. <laughs> oh, the ja- oh, that'd have been a weird one to see. But to to, to say that there's like uh, there's another Black Tarantula. Like there's so many different Spider-Man villains. So, but I'm with Scott, like, give me somebody new, give me somebody different. Like, that's the thing though, like, some of these, some of these people, I, I'm not speaking for the millions of people that go see Spider-Man movies, but like people, people go to see Spider-Man because they know, it, they know who Spider-Man is. They may not know who the villain is and that may not matter. Right. So like when I was going to see, you know, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man in 2002, I wasn't going to see it for the Green Goblin. I didn't really, I could care less. I just want to see what they were going to do with Spider-Man. So Okay, yeah. I I have one, and I, it's gonna play to some childhood emotion here. Oh no! So B.J. Novak was in Amazing Spider-Man two, and he was Mister Smythe. Do you remember who Smythe was? He was the guy in the wheelchair with the spider slayers. How cool would that have been if, like, you bring in Kingpin and then bring in Smythe, and like he has the spider slayers, those those giant spider robots that like fly around the city and all that, causing mayhem and destruction. How cool would that have been with Spider-Man having to like fight those while trying to to fight Kingpin or something like that? Like bring down like mafia style stuff mm. and and this whole big thing. 
I'm just like, man, there's so many dis- different possibilities. And not to even mention like the Prowler, which Donald Glover played the, the alter ego of in uh, Homecoming. I'm like, there are so many possibilities for these characters. I would, I would absolutely love to see that. And I hope that the MCU handles it really well. Um, I know that there are. And the talking- Prowler was in the Miles Morales game. Yeah. Well, well, so the Prowler is actually Miles's uncle. So mm-hmm. in uh, the uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the Prowler was right there, along mm-hmm. with a bunch of other Spider-Man villains and whatnot. And I absolutely love the way that they handle these characters. And I'm hoping that they'll continue to do some stuff with them. I I would love to see like future Spider-Man movies that they reuse some of those characters, but in different ways. Um, kind of setting up longer stories. Um, I, I don't want death and destruction. Like that's that's one thing that killed me in the original Spider-Mans. Every vi- or every villain that <laughs> that Toby faced died, except for Sandman. <laughs> like Green Goblin died, Doc Ock sacrificed himself, Venom, they blew up, uh Harry Osborne ended up getting stabbed and he died a heroic death. Sandman runs away. So I just, I don't want to see that kind of stuff moving forward, but he also forgave Sandman. Yes. Yeah. There was that, which, which again, just comes down to, which you said there weren't a lot of redeeming qualities, but I'm like, there was a lot of redemption in that, that story though. Um, I'm glad they didn't continue, but I heard at one point they were talking with a Spider-Man four, Tobey Maguire. It was going to be, Oh, what's his, what's his name? Um, he was in red, um, and red two. Uh, Malkovich, something like that. Um, he's older. He's he's bald. Uh, I can't I can't even remember his name. He was in uh, Dark of the Moon, the Transformers movie. Uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. But they were talking about he would be the Vulture in the original Spider Man Four of what it was supposed to be. And I was like, ooh, that would have been fun. Also heard so, about if they were gonna go the the with the Spider Man Four. Um, with Tobey Maguire, that route, I heard that they were going to kill MJ off because the comic books, MJ dies in the comics. And so like, and I heard that, and this was 20 years ago, right? But like, I yeah. heard that Kirsten Dunst didn't want to die as, as, as MJ and those movies yeah. and they couldn't come to a deal and they ultimately they didn't, you know, do a fourth one. But at that point I was so sick of it and how mad they handled the third one. I was like, nope, I don't want another one. <laughs> well, and if you look at the time frame of when that movie came out, that was the same time that you had X-Men The Last Stand. Dark Knight came out the next year. Yeah. So like, um, <laughs> like, that was, I think, the time that DC reigned. Because, um, yeah. like, Marvel, you had uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Spider-Man 3, and X-Men The Last Stand all come out, bam, 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 like, right in that time frame. And then you have the Dark Knight, and it kind of resurfaced the superhero genre when people were like, Man, these old movies, they were awful. Well, didn't Iron Man come out in 07? Uh, 08. 08? So the same year so, as the, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it was like thing, things were changing. So Some new new faces were hitting the, the mainstream, and it was – the whole thing was about to change. And so I don't know. I just – I sit back. I'm like, Spider-Man, I think it was smart for them to hold off of adding him to the MCU until it was already an established universe. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish though that he had more time with with Tony, um, or if they would have even done like a like a Disney Plus series kind of thing, and just did a bunch of shorts of him trying to learn the ropes with Tony of how to be an Avenger, um, having to learn his powers and Tony helping him figure things out with the suit, um, because I feel like he only had him for Civil War, uh, Homecoming, Infinity War. And then he comes back at Endgame and, and Tony's gone. And so he's going to have to figure, which I don't mind that that's all we got, but I wish there was more. Um, which, real quick, uh, fun trivia fact I learned. Let's, let's ask this question. Do you guys know who originally said, with great power comes great responsibility? Wait, what was the question? Yes. Who I, was the I, know, first person, I know the answer to that one. Who was the first person to say, with great Scott, power comes Scott will take that great for 1,000, Alex. Yep, uh, I believe that was our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, there is nothing new under the sun. But with that, <laughs> he said that so confidently too. That's what kills me. He just—he's like, I know that one. 
I got this. It was our Lord and Savior. And Jesus said to Peter, with great power, great responsibility. But comic book wise, not on this rock I will build my church. (laughs) It's in the message. Thank you, Eugene Peterson, for putting that in. (laughs) Oh, it's in the manga Bible. (laughs) All right. So, so let's let let's try and figure this one out again. Do you know who was the original person to say "With great power comes great responsibility" from 1963? series of spider-man the amazing spider-man i think it was uncle ben and he makes a pretty good rice too oh my gosh i ate so much minute rice in college it was not uncle ben uncle ben was not the first person to utter those words in comic book Mm. it was actually spider-man so Mm. in amazing fantasy 15 i was looking at i was i was going through the through the book that i was reading and it ends with Peter saying it as he's walking down. He's it, it kind of alludes to this whole piece of like if no one takes charge, like if if I can do something about it and I don't, then it falls on me. And he and he utters the line, you know, great power comes great responsibility. And they're talking about this, and I'm like, wait, time out. So I I scroll back to the to the page where it's like uh, Uncle Ben died. Uncle Ben did not die in in Peter Parker's arms. Peter wasn't even there. He gets a uh, told by the police officer and he immediately goes after after the the killer you never see uncle ben die on on the uh, the initial pages the original scripting and all that uncle ben plays i mean he plays a good significant part to the original but he dies and then at the very end he says with great power comes great responsibility coming from spider-man peter parker um and i think they retcon that later when he looks back at his history with uncle ben and I guess he he teaches it when he's younger, but the first time it's it's printed on pages with Spider-Man, Spider-Man's the one to say it, which I, I get a good laugh at because I'm like, how many it, it, how many people think that Uncle Ben is the first person to say this? How many people think that Uncle Ben is is who they should be attributing that to? So, mm-hmm. just just something little cool fact that I learned. So, so with that. Spider-Man is going to end up uh, getting some more movies. They've already started talking about contracts and things like that. Things have been coming out the past few months of Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield all potentially showing up for Secret Wars and Tom Holland's run with Spider-Man, what that'll look like. I think there's a six-project deal that he just signed for. Yikes. Which that, rumor-wise, supposedly includes uh, an appearance in Daredevil Born Again. Spider-Man 4, two Avenger films, and then two more Spider-Man solo films. Now, Spider-Man 4 allegedly is going to be dropping right after uh, uh, Daredevil Born Again ends. So it's going to be like middle of 24. So like July of 24. And if I understand it correctly, Born Again is going to introduce Spider-Man and Wilson Fisk's uh, nemesis, the, the... the battle between the two of them. And I heard that Wilson Fisk is going to show up as one of the main bad guys in Spider-Man four. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I also heard at the end of no way home, they were already talking with, um, Steven Ewing. Um, he, I think that's how you say his last name. Um, he was invent. He's the voice of invincible. He was, uh, on the walking dead. He's been in a lot of, a lot of projects and whatnot. And, he is supposed to play Mr. Is it Mr. Negative? I think Ooh. it's Mr. Negative. And yeah, so the Spider-Man video game. And from what I think will happen, my personal belief is there's going to be a, a turf war between Kingpin, who owns most of New York City, and Mr. Negative coming in and starting to to grab some turf. And we're going to see that starting in Daredevil Born Again, and then it will climax into... Uh, Spider-Man 4. So, what are your guys' thoughts about the Kingpin being a a villain for Spider-Man 4? I think that'd be a good one. I mean, especially, I mean, if we're looking at the idea of trying to merge, and I think that's also the, I think that's the tricky thing just from a business standpoint is, 
you know, what happens if we get to the point where, oh yeah, Sony and Marvel got to renegotiate stuff and things go south. Well, like they had at one point already. They had at one point. Yeah. Um. So like, so I mean, granted that they're doing like a six, you know, a six feature deal, which is great. But at the same time, it makes me nervous because like, okay, if we, if, if let's say if all six are, knocked out of the park then it's going to be great it's going to make it's going to be great for the fans it's going to be great for business and then you go back into negotiations and you go into that anxiety from a fan going okay what's going to happen or you go into a six feature thing and everything just starts bombing it's like almost like the superhero boom starts to go bust yeah and then, and then you're signed up to six deals, and then if they cancel it, you know they could cancel everything out and just kind of not do anything about it now. And then you're just kind of stuck with like the idea of well, and then it goes back then to negotiations. Does everything get bust? And then we just hope and pray that Sony just keep relinquishes, through or, you know, yeah. Sony relinquishes lights to Spider Man and Marvel now has them, and then you don't have that, you know, that you know that divorced parent mentality with the two studios or, you know, everything goes bust. And now it's like, well, it just kind of fades and we no longer have any super hero ones where we keep putting stuff out because there is a six feature deal. And of course, Tom Holland wants to get his, you know, wants to get his cut or worst case is since he signed up for six features, things go South, things can start stalling. And now he's locked in to do three more films that may not come to be, or maybe in that this time, it's going to be like, does his career go nursing on home, nursing home, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, where's my home? <laughs> where's my home? <laughs> he has like these little bubbles. One that says Mar- Marvel. And then one says Sony studios and <laughs> Spider-Man nursing home. Uh, DC. Which nursing home do I belong Mar- to Marvel or Sony? <laughs> God. oh my gosh but yeah, so I, yeah. Just, I i thought you know we, we should definitely ask that question of what what do you guys think on that so michael what what are your thoughts moving forward for for tom holland with a six picture deal uh we did another episode on like dc or not dc uh, marvel news or something like that when they yeah, were yeah. talking about you know going beyond phase four uh into phase five and six and um my Jordan, since you're such a huge mark for Spider-Man, I, I, Scott, I don't know if you weren't on that episode, but I made the comment of like, I, I hope we don't get sick of them. And yeah. mm-hmm. yes, yes, they're going to spread it out. And yes, these projects are going to be all over the place. And Marvel does a good job of like, okay, here's a She-Hulk project. Here's Thor. Here's like, you're not getting Thor, 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 or She-Hulk, 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 or Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Like they're spread out. So they're not, but like my, you know, I didn't get sick of Tony Stark and Iron Man through the run that Robert Downey Jr. had from Iron Man to Avengers Endgame. Like I just didn't because I felt like it was spread out enough. And he wasn't completely uh, oversaturated in the market of the MCU. Um, that's my first thing. Uh, I just hope they won't get sick of him. I, I think they're going to be great movies. I think they did such a good job with the first three. I just hope that they don't, overstay their welcome right they're going to be he's going to be great and in, in secret wars and he's going to be great in king dynasty he's got to be great in in the daredevil series but like solo movies i just hope that we don't overdo it um in respect to the villain or the villain conversation um it'll be interesting post original daredevil series to what they do in Born again. Born again. To what they do if they go that route with Spider-Man four with with uh with Kingpin and the Fisk conversation. Like he's gonna be a solid villain because he's he crushes it in the Daredevil series. However, again, are people gonna know who that is? Because it's not people don't know the Daredevil thing as well as they know the Spider-Man thing. Um, because Daredevil like aside from Ben Affleck in the early two thousands, like you're not getting I, I talk to people all the time that they're like, no, I've never watched the Daredevil series from Netflix. And 
they could possibly watch the, the board again series, but like, what are they going to do? Like, are they going to pick up where they left off after Daredevil? Or is it just going to be a completely different series and people are just going to catch on from there? Because they saw him in She-Hulk. They saw him yeah, you know, so, with Matt Murdock in, in No Way Home. A lot of people I know were like, who's that? And I'm like, it's Daredevil. <laughs> yeah, I. so everything that I've read is I think that they're going to allude to things that happened in the original Daredevil series, but you don't have to go back and rewatch it. Now, I'm currently rewatching. I'm in season two at this moment while, while we're recording. And where I'm at, I'm like, man, this was just solid writing. It was very bloody and gory. And I've seen a lot of stuff from Charlie Cox. He's like, we're not changing things. But but like you said, are they going to know? And like my parents, and I've talked about this a couple of times, my parents decided a few years back, hey, let's go and watch the Marvel Universe. Like Jordan talks about it. Um, we've got friends who who think that it's really good stuff. Like it's going to eat up some time that we we have to kill. So why not? And so, like, they got through, I think, Infinity War, and they just stopped. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've not watched Endgame. They've not watched anything after Infinity. Well, they might have watched Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think they watched that. And that was, like, a year ago. And a little over a year ago. And I just sit back. I'm like, why have you not continued? And they're like, well, there's a lot of projects. Why, we're not going to sit there and watch every single thing. And I said, okay. So now, now it's no longer even just the the casual moviegoer who's just going to go and watch all these things. You've now got your super fans like us who are going to sit and watch every single TV show, every single movie, all the the special presentations, everything that they push out. But then you're going to have your casual moviegoers. You're going to have your TV people. You're going to have like, you may have someone who's like, I just love the the guardians of the galaxy. And I just want to watch what they're in. You may have someone who's like, I only really care about Spider-Man. So anything that Spider-Man's in, I'll watch or Captain America, or or maybe they like a specific actor, and that actor is in only so many things. Like, y- you never know what you're going to get yourself into, because I've got people I work with that are like, I love movies, but I don't like Marvel. I have no, I, I don't care about superheroes. And I'm like, that's fine. Like, that's totally cool. And then I've got f- some buddies of mine that work with me that are like, dude, I've seen every single thing, and we actually go and see the new movies together, um, which has been really cool. Yeah, but Jordan, I think, too, that something that I, you know, I'm struggling with recently and mm-hmm. I think I think Will said it um, when we did the She-Hulk review, but like it, we're kind of getting burnt out as as nerds because there's so much out there. And like I find myself one of my the favorite part, one of my favorite parts of the the day for me after a long day is that you know my wife we have you know different routines. Obviously, I get ready in the morning. She takes a shower at night. I take a shower in the morning. While she's getting ready for bed. I pull up something on my iPad while I'm laying in bed, ready to go to bed, just, you know, watch something. That's like part of my favorite part of my day, right? It's one of my favorite parts of the day where I can just sit there, not think about anything, pull a show up and watch it. The last couple of months, I've really struggled with just trying to find a starting point to watch something because there's so much out there. There's so many things, not not even just superhero, but there's so much content. There's so much stuff to stream. Ever since the streaming market took over, um, our screens, it's very easy to get overwhelmed with the idea of like, okay, what do I watch? Okay, uh, I want to watch Star Wars. Where okay, do, do I watch No Way Home or not No yeah. Way Home? A New Hope. Do I watch? Do I watch The Phantom Menace? Scott told me that he's doing a run with his son about, you know, and they and they're going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They started the Clone Wars. But like, I love that you ended with seven. You're like, I'm not counting eight and nine in there. Oh, that too. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Not eight, nine. Not you, not you. No, uh, but like this, not this whole. You. <laughs> not you. No, this whole idea of like, okay, do I watch four, five, six? And then one, two, three. But I really want to watch. I just, I really want to watch three. So do I watch four, five, six, one and two, and then watch three? Or do, you know what I mean? Like well, there's just this whole. Like, well, my buddy Levi goes to those points and he's like, or you could watch it four, five, one, two, three, six. And I'm like, no, no, don't, 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 no. don't mess with it. But do you know what I mean? That there's just so much out there. It's like, what, what am I supposed to watch? Like there, like I haven't, I started Andor a couple of weeks ago and I'm only three episodes in. I'm like, man, this is just, I'm just not into it right now. <laughs> but well, before that yeah. I watched, I rewatched Rogue One. Because I felt like I needed to to even get to the point of feeling comfortable watching indoor. So I don't know. It's just 
It's a struggle well, for me. And, it, and it's hit and miss, too, because there are certain Marvel things, especially because the MCU is how many projects in, and we're, we're coming up on Ant-Man Quantumania. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you've got X amount of Spider-Man films. You've got so many Avenger films. You've got so many of every single character. And every character under the sun is getting something. So, like, Nova was supposed to get a, a, a TV episode or, or something, TV series or whatnot. Then it was going to go to a special presentation. And then now I'm hearing it's already going to be a movie. So they're, they're pushing all this stuff out. And I'm like, okay, Thor 4 was was hot garbage. Wakanda Forever was this beautiful movie that made me cry. Mm-hmm. Then you go and you see movies like The Winter Soldier, for me, is my favorite still to this day. And, like, sometimes they're great films. Sometimes they're mediocre films. Sometimes they kind of break the mold. Sometimes they're absolute garbage. And and that doesn't just stick with their movies. In two years, they did, for 21 and 22, they had, what, nine nine TV shows? Something like that. And and between all of the shows and all the, the special presentations and everything that they did, even that was hit and miss. And it's like they're not pushing the quality over the quantity. And they keep pushing these numbers and, and all that. And so, like, Spider-Man, coming back to that initial point of what you were saying, I think that because they're taking their time with Spider-Man, because they're they're really focusing on telling a good story with him, because they know they can't mess that one up. If they mess that up, that that's going to be the the glue moving forward. I can guarantee you Spider-Man is just going to be that glue. Well, their, um, model, their model, too, though, is that, Jordan, like, okay, I want to go back and rewatch Phase 4. I watched all WandaVision, I'm about halfway through Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then something else comes out. So I have to feel like I'm committing my time to whatever else is coming out now, and then I give up on my rewatch, and it's like this whole back and forth, like, but I want to go back and rewatch it, but there's always something else. There's always something new. It's Star always Wars, in the, yeah. A new Marvel, a new DC, a new animated series, a new... Well, a, a, it'll a be show. new DC in a couple of years, right? Yeah. Go, go check out that podcast, everybody. Whatever Mike and I talked about that. <laughs> future <laughs> it sounds like a problem for future Jordan and future Scott. Scott, would you agree with that? There's just so much out there, like that you just it's so hard to keep up with. Well, and I think that's one of the things that because again, like I take well, probably probably won't be taking them anymore since I'm revealing this now because I'm sworn to secrecy. But you know, I take these like Disney Plus surveys. And occasionally they'll ask me like different things or, you know, am I familiar with like this show or whatnot? But then I'll get to a point where they'll say, oh, like if they ask me about Marvel stuff, have you watched it? I'm like, yes. And then they always ask me, are you okay with watching more? Are you experiencing like fatigue? Hmm. Are you experiencing like superhero fatigue or Marvel fatigue? So they're asking that. They're asking that question, not only for that, but any Disney properties, Pixar, Star Wars Anytime when they push a bunch of stuff, they're going, are you getting tired of this? And I think that's kind of the big thing. And for the most part, I'm just saying like, oh, no, I'm I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. But I'm also getting to the point now where it's like, you know, like, I'm not well, seeing, I'm not, but again, I'm not watching a lot of Marvel shows anymore. I mean, I enjoyed uh Werewolf by Night. I also enjoyed the holiday special, the Guardians holiday special. And those were like, little specials it's like okay you know i was content with that well and the next show doesn't start until uh i is it march it might already be out i don't know um but by by the time that this episode drops it could be already out and there hasn't been anything since uh she hulk ended in september october and so they're spacing some of it out but i just i don't know i think i think with spider-man specifically there's going to be some fans that are only going to watch Spider-Man or they're, they're going to pick their heroes because I think Marvel's also figuring it out that, Hey, we're going to do our ground level heroes. We're going to do our space heroes. We're going to do our world trotting heroes. We're going to do multiversal and, and dimensional heroes. We're going to, we're going to take different paths and like our dark universe stuff. That's going to be more rated R. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think they're going to set their heroes into genre spots and be like, if you want an Iron Man style, globetrotting adventure you need to go check out armor wars you need to go check out Ironheart. you need to go check out the war machine project um you need to go check out whoever that one is uh if you want the street level heroes you need daredevil you need spider-man you need fill in those blanks um you want like out in space okay thor and guardians of the galaxy and nova those are your characters 
um, your your magic and multiversal stuff. That's your Doctor Strange. That's your America Chavez. That's your uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision. Like uh, you can piece all those different things together. And I think that's where we're going to start to see some of that. But there's so much content out there that I think they have to put teams together to really figure out how do we handle, like, not spoiling these characters. Because with a six-picture deal with Spider-Man, I think him showing up with Daredevil, that's just going to be a team-up made made in heaven. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the 90s Spider-Man Daredevil team-up. Man, I absolutely loved that. And then you get to, like, he's he's a huge part in uh, Secret Wars. And so with with that one, um, I think that'll, that'll, I don't think he'll be huge in Kang, the Kang Dynasty. I really don't see him being a huge player there, but I think he will be, because I think he'll get the black suit uh, in Secret Wars. I think he'll get the Venom suit there. And so mm-hmm. that'll kind of play into the next film, and then Venom might be the villain either in, in Spider-Man 5 or 6. Did they tie the Tom Hardy villain, Venom, in? Because they kind of did that post No Way Home? Yeah, so that's where I think it's going to go. I think that the post-credit scene with the the little symbiote, it's going to show up in Secret Wars. I don't think it'll show up any time before then. It, you might see it in a post-credit scene kind of making its way to Spider-Man, um, but I don't think that Kang Dynasty will do much damage with it. Um, I don't know that Spider-Man's really going to be a big player there. I think he'll be a player. I don't think he'll be a big player. And I think in Secret Wars, because comic book-wise, if I if I remember correctly, that's where the Venom suit comes from. Um, it kind of like jumps dimensions or, or space travel or whatever it was. It gets onto him and he gets the, the upgraded suit and all that. And I think that's where they'll put Venom in and they'll do their own version of Venom. Um, I don't know that Tom Hardy... I. I'll be surprised if a Venom 3 happens, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just, I don't see it happening. Um, I think Carnage, the the movie, was a waste. Um, I I just, I did not like that one. Um, I have a few friends who really, really liked it. And I was like, yeah, but did they really do any of the characters justice? And that movie, it felt like a TV episode. Like, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel long enough to be a movie. Hmm. I feel like they rushed too many pieces. So, um, with that, guys, we've had a lot of a lot of talk about Spider-Man and, and whatnot, and I've had a lot of fun here. Uh, but I'm gonna go ahead and close this out. Uh, but He's guys, cutting us thank off, you so Josh. much. Cutting you off. You've been boop, boop, cut off. Uh, so with that, guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to all of our listeners. We hope that you guys have had an amazing, spectacular, fantastic time with us. And we will catch you next time here on Nerd Talk. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.